This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you ever spotted McDonald's hot, crispy fries right as they're being scooped into the carton? And time just stands still. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast on cooking delicious meals from homegrown harvests with me, Adam Frost. Nothing beats homegrown food. I love sowing seeds, popping some sets, getting my onions to a great place, putting potatoes in trenches and then caring for it and tending it and getting it through the season to a point of harvest and then taking that indoors, cooking it and providing for my family. The first bit... I'm not too bad at <laughs> the cooking. I'm okay, but I could be a whole lot better. So guess what? I have got myself a new best friend, and she is a real foodie on a different level. We're talking, and her name is Cassie Best from Good Food. What this lady does not know about food is not worth knowing, and also. She makes it sound absolutely incredible. I'm sat here like a little sort of Labrador puppy waiting for his tea the moment (laughs) you start talking about food. And on that note of food, what are we on today? So today we're going to get everyone growing and cooking cabbages, the good, bad and the ugly. We're going to talk all things cabbages. Cassie, you have just put in front of me possibly the sexiest cabbage (laughs) I have ever seen. It looks really good, doesn't it? And smells incredible. So if you stay with us in about 28 minutes, 
<laughs> Hopefully, Cassie will tell you how to make. Honestly, I've got a cabbage in front of me that looks like a piece of art. Masterpiece, isn't it? You know, if I'd have gone back to being the kid, when I think probably most people, especially uh, of my sort of age, were put off cabbage by being in in the school queue <laughs> at lunchtime where you're trying your plate and you're working your way along. And there's a lady that looks quite serious and a little bit frightening <laughs> with her spoon saying, do you want some of this? And you're looking at this sort of slightly slimy pile of of stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is cabbage. But actually, as the years have gone on and I've grown it and I've played with it and and then again, I don't know, growing up, there was always cabbage was cabbage, but now, you know, kales have rocked up and that was never really a big thing when I was a youngster and, mm. and broccolis and they've all become a huge part of our lives. And even with my kids, broccoli, fine. I don't mm-hmm. know about, you know, when they were growing up, kales I could always do something with, but there was something that, a bit of a mental block with a lot of people about, about cabbage. Mm. But all of those plants are incredibly good for you, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, we all know that greens are really good for us. They're packed with iron, but they also provide vitamin K, folate. They're immune supportive uh, with selenium. They're just full of nutrients. They're so, so good for us. And we still be eating more greens. And added bonus, they are delicious. If you cook them properly, you know, you don't need to go down the sloppy, khaki cabbage route. I'm going to show you a couple of ways that you can cook your brassicas to make them really, really delicious. Yeah, and I'd like to sit here and tell you how successful I am at growing them. Um, <laughs> but in a weird way, they're my nemesis. No, that's not 100% true. There's ways that I've found around it. But wherever I seem to have tried to grow, especially kale and cabbage, you know, I have had more cabbage white butterflies than you know. Mm. So they can be well and truly mullered. Okay. You know? But also... Even the house that we're living in at the moment, because I've put a load out there, why is it that all the pigeons in the vicinity have decided <laughs> to come and live on my roof? <laughs> you know, know you're growing the good stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm organic as well. So all I ever do is is I net things over. Mm. And and it still seems that, that that netting gets broken through at some point in the season. Okay. So what, what ends I end up doing is I plant outside the net, so that I sort of sacrifice plants. Mm-hmm. But I also always end up growing more than what I need, knowing that I'm not going to get what I need. You know, I'm not going to get a, a perfect crop yeah. from them. You know, but they are a plant that you know, especially if you look at something like you know the the Italian kale. Mm. You know, which which again we, we you know we grow a lot more of now, and you you do see that one in the in the supermarkets. They look really beautiful. Yeah. So do. I have interplanted those mm. in ornamental borders. They can look really quite sculptural and interesting because you've got like if you look at kale, see there's there's a red kale called red boar. Mm-hmm. And one thing I did one year is I was someone had said to me, the red vegetables don't get attacked so much, and I didn't. And I still, to this day, don't know exactly why. I think there's obviously something in the chemical makeup of the plant. But I tried the red kale and normal green kale, Mm. um, curly kales, you know. And I got away a lot more with the red kale. Okay. It was more successful. So that's another thing that I've done. I've started to grow 
a lot more kales. Mm. You know? But interestingly, what you realise is they're a plant, they react an awful lot to temperature. All those sort of veggies, I suppose, in way. They'll take a certain amount of semi-shade. So if you've got a plot, you know, and some of it's in the sun, some of it's not, then, you know, that's one of the go-tos to fill those slightly shadier spots not necessarily deep shade but but light shade they'll deal with it you know okay so they're a good plant for that mm. i've grown them in containers like i say in the borders work really well so you know, i said about that temperature level i can remember so the house before we're in now and this is a good thing with veggies in general for people we always talk about a good season a bad season and i've said to you a few times about not necessarily you know, putting these plants out too early because of the wrong side of temperatures, you know, the cold and, and whatever. Mm. But understanding your veg garden is hugely important and, and there'll be micro temperatures in your veg garden. Okay. You know? I think you're just about staying awake with me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm following, I'm following. It's sort of, you can see she's glazing over like he's gone really deep all the culture on me now. It's like, can we just get to the cooking bit? Because it's like... <laughs> Bless. It was going ever so well. Come on, teach me. I want to, <laughs> teacher, I need to teacher. learn this stuff. And I suppose it's the first time, really, that I've talked about understanding that, you know, the way the sun moves through. And, mm. that, and the reason I'm doing it is because I planted kale against an east-facing wall, all right, coming out in a, in a raised bed that I created. And why I'm telling you is because it was a stone wall. It had the sun hit it in the morning mm. and then obviously – then went off it, right? Well, the stone wall must have sucked up that heat because mm-hmm. as I planted coming away from this wall, the kale back close to the wall got well over a metre. And as it came away from the wall, it slowly got smaller. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So when you are veg garden and it says in the book, hot, sunny space, mm. or it says semi-shade, really, really watch that space, you yeah. know, through a 12-month period. If you're growing something like that in a pot, fine, because you can tease it. In and out. Yeah, you know? that's interesting so. that you can say you say you can grow them in pots because I've never attempted to grow any you know any cabbages or kales because I've always assumed they take up loads of space. Well, yeah. You see these big plants, and I've always thought I can't fit that in my garden, no. so I wouldn't attempt it. But that's really interesting. Yeah, and and something to be fair, like a kale, you could put a kale in a summer pot, yeah. in a bigger summer pot, and you could interplant it with other mm. things and you'll get a decent couple of feeds out of it, okay. you know, and they'll keep coming back. Yeah. That's the good thing as well. And one of the reasons I just leave mine is because our winters have changed so much, I can still be, it can still be growing. I've had those sort of plants still growing really well in mm. December, you know. Okay. So it's just not, you know, it, I'd say it's not as fine cut as it used to be. So, so my school experience of those cabbages. What, what was yours? What was your first sort of experience of the, of the let's call it the cabbage? Mine was similar, actually. Yeah. We'd always have cabbage with a roast dinner on a Sunday, yeah. and my mum, she still cooks it the same way to this Does day. She? she cooks it and cooks it, and then she chops it up with the spoon until it's you know really overcooked and not quite pleasant, but. I remember once when she was experimenting and she tried yeah. a new recipe and she did like a stuffed cabbage and she stuffed it with rice and meat. I think she'd got the recipe off of a neighbour or something and it was, I don't know where the dish comes from, but it felt quite Middle Eastern kind of, I think it had some dill with it and it was really good. Wow. And I And I was quite young and I remember yeah. thinking, oh, I think I like cabbage actually. This is great. Yeah. So it just goes to show it all comes down to the cooking again, doesn't it? 
there's lots of vegetables oh, out there yeah. that people think they don't like, like the Brussels sprout, you know. Yeah. Why do people hate a Brussels sprout? It's I know. so delicious oh. if you cook it properly. I, I love a Brussels it's sprout. It's so good. On that note, do you put a little cross in the end or not? No, I don't. don't but I prefer to half my Brussels sprouts. Ah, so you're doing it anyway. So actually, with all of these kinds of veg, I would favour roasting them or a quick kind of stir fry yeah. cooking method over boiling. Yeah. So you wouldn't need to put a cross in the bottom anyway. And then I think when you cut them in half, you've got more surface area for crispy bits. Yeah, you're right. And it's all about the crispy bits, isn't it? It is all about the crispy yeah. bits. I like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> another one of my takeaways. You're right, actually. But that was another one. I mean, you know, I'm a nan job. So you know, I've run a beans yeah. for You can put the crosses in there. Yeah. <laughs> and there's me, Mr. Sado here. Think yeah. That was the exciting thing to do. I can put the crosses. She's given me a knife and everything. Then did she yeah. boil them for half an hour? Then she boiled them. Yeah. It was longer than half an hour. Oh. Seriously, mate, they were like mush. Yeah. They were literally like like mush mm. and you know. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The best thing about, and even my mother, bless her, you know, that early veg was was probably when it got cooked again the following day in a bubble and squeak yes. and different like that. Then they tasted all right. Then because they, they tasted good. They picked up all those different you get the flavors. Crispy bits. Oh, you get the crispy <laughs> bits. You do get the crispy bits. I mean, as far as sort of growing, let's get you started. Because you grow much in a way of... Nothing. Not for any. No, um, I, haven't, so no, I haven't, haven't tapped into this world at not all. Not at all. No, no, I'm a newbie. So You're a newbie, Let's start at the right. beginning. So I think for you this year, what I want you to do is I just want you to try a couple in the borders. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think, you know, have a look, look. So look at the curly kales, especially like, the, you know, the red one that I was talking about or, the, you know, the nice Italians. And, and don't. Don't necessarily think about growing a load. You say you can even buy little strips of them. You'll get six plants in a strip. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to go through the whole seed thing. Yeah. You can start yourself off. And because they are one plant that takes up a bit of room. And I would say go and get yourself a strip. Find some little spaces in your garden. Mm. Yeah. And work them into the spaces. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. You can do that. Yeah. And, and what I've found with that, the one plant that I love growing slightly more ornamentally, point one, they look good. But as I said, they're my nemesis. The one time I get away with them a little bit more is if I interplant them with a lot of flowers and fruit and different bits and pieces, Mm. they seem to stay semi-hidden. Okay. So my success rate goes up. Oh. Yeah? Right, okay. But if you're going to grow them out in the garden, I suppose two ways. The old-fashioned way, to be fair, would be that you would... You would so direct, probably really springtime, but you would make like a, a seed bed. Mm-hmm. So you normally sow away from the main veg bed and, and you would put them, I suppose, a depth of about just shy of a couple of centimetres. Um, you make your little reel, you sow them out, obviously pre-water it down. And then when these plants grow, they would get to... I don't know. You can still see them on the markets every now and then. You buy a little group of, of brassicas, things like that, you know, mm. kales and whatever, wrapped up in an elastic band with the little roots hanging out. Okay. You, know, you can still buy them like that. And that was the old-fashioned way. So, you know, Grandad would do that. 
And then what he'd do once they all got going, he would then start to dig them up once they got to a decent size and then replant them. So at that point, when you're replanting them, you know, they want, I suppose they want rich soil, mm. well-drained. But as I said, you know, they'll take an element of, of shade. But the the weird thing about more of the, the brassica type stuff is is they like a firm soil which is the one of the plants that throws your mind a little bit because so when you go to sort of planting out and I'm talking you know you'll plant these things what a couple of foot apart yeah. um, and for ease of netting what I've started doing is I've started putting them in a block rather than doing a long run of them mm-hmm. I've put them in a block and then I make a framework you know but when you plant them you're literally when you put them in the ground I put them slightly deeper and I ram my hand as hard as I can, mm. it, it goes against everything yeah. that you feel you should do. Because yeah. if you think about it, all of those plants, you know, when we're talking the kales, a lot of them are, are top heavy, mm. you know, and they're bulky. Mm. And when you look at the root, you know, you've got that single root coming down with little fine bits coming yeah. off. You know, the moment they start rocking, they're coming out of the ground. Mm. So they love that that sort of firmness. So I'll plant them away, say well-manured soil, and then all I do really is put is put a net round. So that would be, mm-hmm. you know, the old fashioned way of doing it. Or, you know, you, what you can do is you can get them going a little bit early. So you can get them going early by just sowing, sowing some seeds in. You've probably seen little modular trays. Yeah. Yeah, and you could do that on a windowsill. Mm-hmm. Do it in a greenhouse, and and I would grow those grow those on, and then I would put them, I suppose, into into a little pot that's. Probably about eight centimetres, mm-hmm. something like that. I would then grow them on. I would then harden them off, and I would plant them out. You know, probably late spring, going in, going into May, that sort of thing. And then, you know, you're away. And also, I think with these veggies, because things have have changed so much, they're not a veg I worry too much about mm. following the season. Okay. You know, again, it will tell you in packets. So here, mm. plant here. You know, there's awesome stuff that you can plant out. There's spring stuff that you can plant out. And if you think about the world of brassicas now, it's huge, isn't it? Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Yeah. So, what about kales for you? What what sort of give us an, a nice simple thing to do with a kale? I like roasting kale. I mean, I've mentioned that I think roasting any of these kind of brassicas is really good because it just brings out that little kind of bitter note and it just makes the flavours sing really I really like to make kale crisps the kids love kale crisps yeah so how do you do that? so you just break the leaves off you don't you don't want the tough stems rip them into small pieces toss them with some oil and a bit of salt you can add some cumin or some spices and then again pop them in the air fryer or the oven cook them at quite a low temperature because yeah. they burn quite easily but then within like a couple of minutes they're like crispy seaweed and they're really delicious. And my kids will eat a whole bag of that, like a whole big bowl of kale kale crisps yeah. they will eat. And it amazes me every time. And I think you're going to catch on soon that I'm giving you kale, aren't you? Yeah, but yeah. they love it. So I really like doing that. And then, you know, that sprinkled over a salad, it has that like umami seaweed kind of flavour and a bit of crunch. So that's really good and a good way to use up lots of it. Through pasta, kale's really good. 
a bit of chilli and garlic. It's also really nice in those kind of robust Italian stew, you know, like a sausage and yeah, bean stew yeah, with yeah. kale through there, or even like a, an Italian style soup, like um, a minestrone kind of style soup with loads yeah, of veggies, cavolo nero, a nice tomatoey broth, maybe some small pasta shapes in there, a good drizzle of olive oil on You're top. You're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, can't help oh, no, I tell you, mate. I tell you, you've you've got me. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I'm sure you know. I'm your. I'm sort of your new fan. Which is sort of, you know. Yeah, so yeah, Cassie. Yeah, she's uh, you know my new best friend. She's you know she's, she's my go-to about food and oh, you know. I just blah, blah, blah. Can't help it. You just got to keep your phone on at weekends, mate. Yeah. That's all. Because when I'm in the kitchen. You know, I sort of, I'll be phoning you up, just, I'm just doing this. What did you what say I, I had to do? do? Yeah, 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 anytime, yeah, yeah. Go anytime. On, go on. So it's really versatile. And like I said, I love Cavolo Nero. I'm really into it at the moment. And you can make really gorgeous sauces out of it as well. If you just blanch it quite easily right. and then blitz it up, blanch it with a garlic clove, yeah. or a couple of garlic cloves, and then pop it into your blender with the softened garlic cloves, plenty of olive oil, salt and pepper, a bit of pecorino or parmesan, yeah. and whiz that up and you get the most amazing, vibrant green sauce that you can toss through pasta or make turn it into a soup with a bit of stock. And the colour of it is just yeah, yeah. amazing. And it's just, you know, it's doing you so much good by eating it just from looking at that vibrant colour. So I'd really like to grow Cavolo Nero. That's the thing I yeah. think I'm going to stick that in some pots, and, like you say. And I think pots or like say, you know, through a border. Yeah. Um, and I've got a lot of friends now that are experimenting a lot more with with those, I think we forget how beautiful some of those plants are. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And I think we sort of, too much of the time, we like, and I don't know why we do it, we this idea of like, well, vegetables and fruit, you know, that goes there. Mm. And, you know, ornamentals, yeah. that goes there. And, and I don't know whether, in my head, whether it was a Victorian thing, mm. but they're sort of... You know, you have the veg garden because it's it's away from the house yeah. and it's untidy and this. But no, I think now the idea of interplanting mm. is huge. And in the kitchen important. as well, you know, yeah. depending on the season, I'll always have a big bowl of something on the kitchen table instead of yeah. flowers, you yeah. know, whether it's squashes and pumpkins or beautiful tomatoes, whatever it might be, I'll always have that on the kitchen table and they look gorgeous. Yeah, so they do can, look gorgeous. Yeah, yeah they do. Flowers, I, can't no, they? you're right. I think, I think you're definitely right. And I think as well with a lot of this stuff, you know, this sort of fear factor of of growing, we don't have to do it from seed. Seed mm. is, is the cheapest way of doing it. But, you know, you think about that kale, that can cost a few quid. Yeah, yeah, it's not you cheap, know. is it? No, it's not. And if you've got, you know, four or five, six plants dotted through your borders, mm. you've saved yourself quite a few bob through the season, yeah. you know. And uh, I think that idea of looking at plants... You know, what about broccoli? Mm. What about broccoli? And and sort of interestingly, you know, we talked a little bit about about sprouts. All my sprouts that I'm growing now at home are, are all the red sprouts. And the one thing that I'm, and I can't remember what they call them. They were selling them on my local market. But as the sprouts grow, you get these sort of, the sprout, they're, they're like sprouts that sprout. Oh, right? Okay. <laughs> sort of, and and you can tidy them up before you get the sort of the cleaner lot of sprouts. I yeah. can't. It's going to bug me because I can't remember the name of it. Someone will remember the name of it now. So I've got sprouts, dark sprouts growing in the garden. Yeah. Same sort of planting conditions, decent soil. Mm. You know, well drained, sunny conditions, but firming into the ground. Mm. Red ones, really, really, really good. Changes Christmas dinner 
You yeah, know, you don't lit- see red sprouts nah, in shops, do you? Uh, I love it. I love them. And But also, say, these first lots of shoots. So when it gets into sort of that build-up going into the winter and Christmas and mm. whatever, I'm taking all these off. And they taste beautiful. They literally, they taste, they don't take any time to cook at all. Yeah, wow. Um, they taste really irony, mm. as if they're putting that irony into your your body, you yeah. know. So I grow quite a lot of that. Broccoli, I, I struggle a little bit sort of full-on broccoli, so mm. I tend to go a bit more sort of sprouting, mm-hmm. you know, the more sprouting broccoli, and I, I cut that early and yeah. use that with the leaves. But again, same growing conditions. So if I, if I look at the sort of sprouts first, you know, you said about cutting them in half, giving them a little bit more. Yeah. Any other dishes, bits and pieces we can do with the sprouts? Oh, okay, so sprouts... A lot of people only eat sprouts at Christmas mm. and that's such a shame because they are a gorgeous, you know, winter vegetable and something we should be eating yeah. when they're in season, throughout the season. And there's loads of different ways you can cook them. These kind of vegetables, they've got like a nice kind of bitter edge to them. So yeah. they go quite, they balance out quite nicely with anything sweet. Yeah. So in, you know, a stir fry, if you stir fry sprouts with a bit of honey and soy and chilli, a bit of garlic... Really, really delicious. Um, Of course, they work really nicely with bacon and chestnuts and sage and all those kind of classic Christmassy flavours. But also in a gratin, you know, at Christmas, I often make like a shredded Brussels sprout, cheesy, creamy gratin with breadcrumbs on top. And that is really nice alongside your Christmas dinner to have something creamy alongside, you know, everything else that's going on. So that's one of my favourite ways to cook them as well. And just really nice with a roast chicken, you know, doesn't yeah, have to be for yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Don't save sprouts for Christmas. No, I think you're sprouts right. Sprouts for all year round. There was one of a sort of, a, what was it, a Jamie Oliver recipe or something like that, you know, one of his sort of nice go-tos. And it was a Christmassy one that I did. Was It was like sprouts and shallots. Mm. Um, but the last minute what you did is you, you literally used like a, a sherry or a white wine vinegar, mm. good quality one, give it all a really good dousing and then more or less smash them. Oh, nice. Oh, they, they sucked up that flavour. Yeah. And they were incredible. Mm. So I think, and my lot love those. So yeah. if you said to them, you know, sprouts. So I suppose sometimes you can put that twist on them just to turn Absolutely. them into... Absolutely. Yeah, you else. can take them in so many different directions. Put a bit of spice with it, put a bit of vinegar with it, like you say, and really experiment. I think sometimes we get stuck in doing something the same way over and over again, don't we? And thinking like you've got a go-to way of cooking sprouts, but on the Good Food website, there are so many recipes. recipes. Give it a go and see what you come up with. And what about broccoli? What about broccoli? What are we going to do with broccoli? Because to be fair, broccoli seems to to be a a, a veg that, that kids... Don't shy away from. Yeah, I think. Well, a... I've always sold it as mini trees. I think that does the trick, doesn't it? Mini trees. Yeah, that's, they feel yeah. like giants eating yeah, their yeah, little yeah, bits yeah, of broccoli. Yeah, My yeah. kids love broccoli, and again, there's loads of ways to cook it. The longer stem broccoli that you mentioned is really fashionable now, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 but yeah. I mean, I really like good old fashioned broccoli yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people waste the stalk of a, oh, yeah, 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 a yeah, big yeah, head yeah, of broccoli, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is such a shame because. I think that's one of the most delicious parts. Well, to be honest, I, I, hand on heart, I think that's where most of the taste is. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So definitely don't chuck that away. Chop it up nice and, you know, finely and chuck it into a stir fry. And it's delicious. It's almost got like a bit of crunch, as if, you know, like a water chestnut or something. It adds a bit of texture to a stir yeah. fry. So never throw that away. And you can cut them with long stems as well. So they look almost like a long stem broccoli yeah, if you cut yeah, down yeah, the stem. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. chuck it. Um, but in terms of what to do with it, 
Again, I love it roasted. All the little floret flowers, you know, mm. get really crispy and delicious. I love that. And then just toss through a, a salad or, again, with, you know, like a nice cheesy, creamy sauce baked into a gratin. It's delicious. And it goes well with blue cheese as well. Broccoli oh, and no. blue cheese soup. Yeah, he's nodding so here. Good. He's nodding here. Like like, oh, I love my yeah. blue cheese, yeah. Those flavours just seem to pair yeah. really, really well together, so... I love a classic broccoli and blue cheese soup. That's a really good way to cook it. That would be a nice way to to think as well about, you know, the veggies, writing about not just growing veggies, but what they pair well yeah. with. Yeah. That would be a nice thing to do, wouldn't it? And yeah. again, you know, when you're when you're starting to pick your menu and, and work out what you're going to grow in your garden, mm. you know, work it as well. Another way of thinking about it is working it around the other things that you like. Yeah. You know, so when you're talking to if I like the spices or if I like the, you know, the, the sours of the vinegars yeah. or if I like, you know, the sort of the cheeses that mm. you say and, and growing vegetables that suit your palate. Your palate. Yeah, yeah, because they do all have such different flavour profiles, do. don't they? Like yeah. quite, so often we just stick a bit of veg on the side of the plate yeah, and it's do. like the star of the show is the meat. And hopefully I'm showcasing today with this dish that I've brought along that actually the veg can be the star and in an age where lots of us are trying to eat less meat I think we should really embrace that so the dish I've brought along for you today is a roasted savoy cabbage so we've cut it into wedges and roasted it and I wish everyone at home could see this Um, because every layer of leaf is just crispy and golden and delicious this is what she does she's doing it again it's crispy (laughs) and it's golden and it's delicious and everything Cassie is saying is totally and utterly true as I said you have made a cabbage look that is the sexiest cabbage I've ever seen. It is pretty sexy. And I'm not even sure that's PC if I'm allowed to call a cabbage sexy. <laughs> but I'm really not worried. I'm not worried. I'm just going to go out there and just do it. That is a, some sexy cabbage. It's a good-looking cabbage. But why not make it the star of the show? Yeah. And, you know, you could do the same with broccoli. As the Lots of people now make a head of cauliflower the star yeah. of the show. Yeah, you know, rolls right. the whole cauliflower. Yeah. But you can do that with broccoli as well. Yeah. Um, cover it in, like, a nice spiced butter, roast it off in the oven... And it's a real showstopper centrepiece for the table. Yeah. I can see you want to dive into this. I do, but go on. No, but I need to know everything <laughs> no, else about it. Because uh, yeah, I know, no, no, I'm not. I, I keep like I'm, I've got one eye on you, and I've got one eye on that, just in case somebody takes it away. <laughs> but go on. So tell me how right, how that's you. all put together. Because there's a lovely that looks. That even what we've got on top, that little topping dressing, whatever it yeah. is, is, looks good as well. Okay, go so on. there's a few components to this dish, go and on. the recipe's on the Goodread website. It's tomatoey lentils on the base. Yeah. Um, so you've got some red lentils cooked down in a nice spiced tomato-y sauce and then we've roasted off the wedges of Savoy quite simply they've got some spices through them as well and then on top because when you're cooking veg it's really nice to think about the textures as well so we've got soft on the bottom crispy crunchy collapsing cabbage in the middle and then we've got another bit of crunch to go on the top which is an olive breadcrumb pan grattato so there's an olive kind of crisped up right. breadcrumbs that we're going to sprinkle over the top just for a bit of extra flavour. So and how, how do you do that? How's that? So it's just done in a frying pan, bit of olive oil, yeah. fry off the breadcrumbs, stir yeah. through. I think it's got some thyme in there. Um, yeah. Stir off the breadcrumbs, stir through some olives, chopped olives. And the olives are bringing that really nice yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, savoury, umami yeah. flavour as well. So yeah. we're building flavours as well. It's not just one level. There's loads of flavour and texture in there. 
And it just looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, honestly, it does look absolutely I mean, I would cook incredible. that for a veggie, vegan dinner party, but there's no doubt oh. everyone around the table, vegan or we'll not, get, would enjoy you that. You'd get stuck into that, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, go on. Let's I, I go. think the problem is it looks that good. I, I'm too scared to cut it. Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dish you, you some You cut up. it, and then while you're dishing it up, I suppose we're just... I suppose the idea of summarising what we're... Oh, my. I can't do two things at once. I'm just watching at the <laughs> this moment. It's going to be a messy is, one. Oh, that's amazing. I'm gone, people. Right, here we go. I'm Take gone. some extra Look crispy bits. I am. I'm going to try this. Okay. So my nemesis, you know, I always struggle away, as I've said, growing these things because of the pigeons and the cabbage whites and whatever. But actually... And actually the tomato, that sort of... The colours look great as well, don't they? They do, don't they? Here we go. Hopefully you'll find it's miles away from that cabbage you had in your school days. Mm. If the school cook had dished that up, mm. I would have played my part. What a way to showcase a cabbage. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going back. Hopefully I'm making all the right sounds. But again, texture. Mm. So it's nice to eat. Mm. You get a bit of lemon as well mm. in the breadcrumbs. That is absolutely stunning. Really good. So I suppose really when you think about growing them, not difficult. Mm -hmm. Give them a go in the borders to start with. You know, something like the lovely Italian kale or a nice curly kale, something like that. Or even, you know, they, they look good. Hide them away. They grow up through things. Brilliant. I suppose the key things, love good soil. We'll take a little bit of shade, mm -hmm. you know, a bit of semi-shade. When you're planting most of those plants, it's about firm ground, really bashing them in, give them support, you know, so they might need a cane or something like that. You know, and a lot of the time, you know, because I'm organic, it's all about netting them over, protecting them. I grow, as I said, more than what I need because I know that I'm always giving some of the wildlife, but that's yeah. not the end of the world either. And then, yeah, to be fair, even if you grew cabbages, right, and you only got one and you mm. did that with it, It'd be worth that it. would be worth growing <laughs> cabbages for. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. wow. So as per normal, yeah, we better leave these people over and then I'm going to finish this cabbage. Go and cook the cabbages. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See you soon. Thanks, mate. Thank you for listening to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast with me, Adam Frost, and of course, Cassie Best. For more information on the recipes we've discussed today, go to bbcgoodfood.com. <laughs>